0: Thank you for listening to Truth in Life, a concise Christian belief series. This class was taught on a Sunday morning at Christ the Word Church because we believe that God's Word is truth and that His truth should shape our lives. For more information on our church, visit ChristTheWord.com. Okay, let's pray. Lord, thank you for uh, this uh, beautiful day you've given us. We ask that you will... Uh, Bless us and speak to us through your word about yourself. Show us who you are. And we pray this in Jesus name. Amen. And I'm going to point Marty to uh, keep it quiet down there today. So it sounds pretty good right now. Yeah. (laughs) If it warms up, though, you can. (laughs) (laughs) All right, God's God's holy anger. Like I said, these attributes are kind of unpacking. And so here's what we've gone through. So you can kind of see, you know, God's right. Well, then there's things. When things are wrong, there's gonna be something else. And you're gonna see it's weird, because you might think, well, we should do holiness and then holy anger, but you actually see it kind of, it, it goes good with his holy anger because then we spring into his holiness and then we'll end with the problem of evil so that's our path and i put down here uncomfortable characteristics of god and i say uncomfortable because uh, they shouldn't make us uncomfortable (laughs) but they're also characteristics that sometimes are
1: uh,
0: because they're uncomfortable people want to make excuses for them and they want to uh, kind of explain away actual character the actual character of god by you know god is is this way oh he's not that way so and they're uncomfortable because they they can seem to conflict but they don't (laughs) but they can seem that way so certain attributes of god we're going to start with a few comments today certain attributes of god make us uncomfortable they are characteristics of god that might seem to conflict with other attributes. We must be careful never to compartmentalize our view of who God is based on an individual attribute. So again, this is something people do. God is one, and his attributes are all one, all existing at the same time, but we tend to, as we look at a characteristic, we tend to carve it out. And it gets more dangerous in these types. You know, well, I can't take this character, so I'll carve it out, and I'll say God is love, he's not this. Well, he's obviously both. Uh, we may not be able to comprehend how seemingly opposing attributes exist in God, for instance, God's love and God's hatred. So we're gonna start with this. Our God is a jealous God. And I'll ask this question. Is God's, is jealousy a positive or a negative trait? Really crummy question. It's, I, I never did good on tests because you get a question, any question, and I look at it from all these different angles, like, well, oh, do they mean it this way or do they mean it that way? And that's kind of one of these questions, I look at it and I go, well. So you just read it and react to it. Is God a, is jealousy a good or a bad trait? Yes. <laughs> there you go, you figured it out. You can answer whatever you want. <laughs> okay, wait, what do you mean? God doesn't have bad traits. Well, there you go. <laughs> Our God is a jealous God, so he doesn't have bad traits. Yeah. So it's good. It's good. And let's talk for a moment about it. Let's define it like we usually do here. What is jealousy? What is jealousy? And what's it not? You've got it, but I haven't. You've got it and I don't. Okay, that might be an aspect Keep going. Yeah. Wanting what is, is yours. Yes. And not wanting others to take what is yours. Okay. That's on the, that's right. It, it's par, it can be part of it, but I'm going to put a distinction in too. Keep going. Do do? And oh, and you don't ever have to raise hands here, you yeah. just like blurt out stuff want something else. Okay, that's getting closer to what I'm looking for. Yeah? This goes back to the old thing about the people that carry the Bibles that we used to look at before we absorbed Christianity and wondered why we kept them. People carrying their Bibles going into church. And now here we are all with them, completely involved and engrossed in the book. Mm -hmm. And uh, just the feeling that I wonder why they do that, just to show off for what, you know, because they carry that book. Yeah, okay. Now now that we are completely involved 100 percent, it's a whole different story. Okay, yep. Keep going. Yes?
1: God knows that He is, He knows perfectly that He is the only God. Yeah. He somehow wants that for you all.
0: Right. All right, I'm going to what word do we replace jealousy with, often in our language? Envy. envy. But yeah, And that's what I want to just to help us understand jealousy better, I want to bring up that word. Um, envy is good or bad. Like coveting. Yeah, like coveting. good or bad. 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 Envy is, you know, oh, someone got a new job. I'm so envious or I covet it. But we say I'm I'm jealous. Well, it's just a misuse of the word, right? Now, okay, it's our common language. People kind of understand it. But jealousy, jealousy is um, a good trait and it's a necessary trait. And we see it because our God's a jealous God. And we're, that's so we're gonna unpack it here's my definition it's a passionate zeal to guard the exclusiveness of a marriage relationship leading to anger at an unfaithful spouse so you can uh, that's as, as, as tight as I could get it but relationship oriented jealousy has to do with relationships and ownership and things like that so you have God who is a jealous God And that jealousy isn't because God is jealous about some stuff you have Uh, he's jealous and true jealousy biblical type of jealousy has to do with relationships so you're jealous about things that have to do with relationships and so uh, let's continue jealousy is an aspect of God's love for his people so now we'll get into jealousy a little bit further here it is jealousy is part of love. We don't think of it that way, because we do think of it as a negative thing, you know, because if someone's jealous, and that's right, I'd say you're right if you said it's negative, because you're thinking, you know, there's negative ramifications of it, but it's actually positive because it's part of love. Okay, so now we'll start here, and we'll go back and forth, and again, you can skip if you want, just tap the person next to you.
1: For love is strong as death, jealousy is fierce as the grave, It's flashes are flashes of fire, the very flame of the Lord.
0: Jealousy is pretty intense, right? Fiery jealousy is part of love, the prerogative of love that is strong as death. Strong as death, guys. That's where jealousy is ramped up to. It's the proper attitude of a man toward his wife. Now, I said relationships, right? So it is the proper attitude of a man toward his wife. It's also the proper attitude of God, who we're married to, when we have relationship with him, as as he may deal with things, including with us, if we're looking at other gods, right? Proper attitude.
1: For jealousy makes a man furious, and he will not spare when he takes revenge.
0: The entire it is entirely right for him to be zealous for her purity and for the exclusiveness of her love to
1: him. You shall not make for yourself a carved image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or that is in the earth beneath or that is in the water under the earth. You shall not bow down to them or serve them. For I, the Lord your God, am a jealous God.
0: Okay, so it has to do with worship. You, should, you can't make carved images other gods you you shall not bow down to them and serve them for i am jealous i am jealous for my love and my relationship with you and jealousy is a fire right (laughs) and into further unpacking idolatry is like adultery to god okay there's they sound alike And they are very much alike. Um, Let's look at that.
1: They stirred him to jealousy with strange gods. With abominations, they provoked him to anger. You forgot the God who gave you birth. But Joshua said to the people, You are not able to serve the Lord, for he is a holy God. He is a jealous God. He will not forgive your transgressions or your sins. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, then he will turn and do you harm and consume you after having done you good. So
0: with this relationship, we're just seeing what God, how God is going to act. If you forsake the Lord and serve foreign gods, he's going to consume you. And this is about the wrath of God.
1: For you shall worship no other God, for the Lord whose name is Jealous is a jealous God.
0: And this goes into, okay, he's jealous for relationship. He's also jealous for his great name.
1: Therefore, thus says the Lord God, now I will restore the fortunes of Jacob and have mercy on the whole house of Israel, and I will be jealous for my holy name.
0: So what's that mean? He's jealous for his name. Well, like, let's say a husband marries a wife and the wife takes the name. The husband's jealous for the name. Okay, so God's great name, uh, he marries you, you become a Christian, you're called a Christian, right? He cares about, you're a Christian. And he says, I'm going to be jealous about the name I've given you. (laughs) You know, you can't go out and act like everybody else. I'm jealous about what you're doing to my name. It's not just my reputation, it's that you're calling yourself kinda like me. You're calling yourself me and then you're going out and doing this. So he's very jealous for his name.
1: I am the Lord, that is my name. My glory I give to no other, nor my praise to carved idols.
0: And again, idols, uh, things we worship. I don't give my glory I provided you with this and you're giving the glory to some something out there that you're worshipping. It could be a job, it could be successes, it could whatever it is, but you're giving my glory to others? I I provided that to you.
1: For my own sake, for my own sake I do it. For how should my name be profaned? My glory I will not give to another.
0: This is how he feels. <laughs> I'm not going to Give my glory to others.
1: For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God.
0: And jealousy is connected to wrath.
1: For the Lord your God in your midst is a jealous God, lest the anger of the Lord your God be kindled against you and he destroy you from off the face of the earth.
0: So there's a real... I mean, this, is, this should make you uncomfortable. There, God will set his anger against you. Uh, if he has loved you and you start doing things, you know, away from him, going the opposite direction, it's a fire, <laughs> this jealousy. Adultery and idolatry are serious business.
1: If a man commits adultery with the wife of his neighbor, both the adulterer and the adulteress shall surely be put to death.
0: Okay, is this, this is Old Testament, so right, that's past. you know it's like okay we don't really we wouldn't well God actually thinks this way because that's how serious it is (laughs) he thinks this way Um, it's not past God's gracious and merciful and things like that but we don't want to just excuse we have to sit there and go wow you know God takes this stuff serious enough that it's kind of at a different level you'll be put to death
1: if a prophet says let us go after other gods which you have not known and let us serve them you shall not listen to the words of that prophet or that dreamer of dreams for the lord your god is testing you to know whether you love the lord your god with all your heart and with all your soul but that prophet or that dreamer of dreams shall be put to death because he has taught rebellion against the lord your god
0: so if someone says to you let's go after other gods let's serve them does that happen to us does that happen to you does that happen in our culture Does it? They don't actually say, I mean, they don't actually say that they after other guys. They just go after other things. They don't go after God. Yeah, so <laughs> they go after them. I mean, use the word serve. <laughs> Let's serve them. Let's go after what? So is this, so there's people out there, this says a prophet. So there's people out there saying, hey, I got something for you. You know, riches and wealth await. Sign up for this thing. You can, you know, whatever, something, control your destiny. You can become great. I mean, our country kind of thrives on on this. Let's go after other gods that can satisfy us. And again, it's at the same level, though. This dreamer of dreams, I like that. Because they're putting dreams out in front of your eyeballs. Dreams I could be I don't know what your dreams are, but I could be that successes and so all that falls into this category of idolatry or being an adulterer and It's sold by dreamers of dreams. That's the the thing Everybody's out there telling you their dreams And how you can be part of them. So let's go to uh, Something that's simple that I think we should be able to agree on here. God is love. Does anybody want to uh, reject that statement? Would you say that's a true statement? You could say yes. Okay, so let's take this statement: <laughs> Is God hate? All right, I want to hear answers on this. <laughs> Huh? He hates, he hates, but I don't know if you
1: call him hate.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I'm just, I want to hear the answers, yeah. Somehow, yes.
1: Yeah. So, yeah. I always thought this hate was like a part of his love. Like, he loves righteousness and all that, that which means he has to hate sin. It's not that.
0: So, is God hate? You're, you're going the right direction, but is he? Yeah. Well, you're getting tricky with me here. I agree with that. I God is love. We know that. It's stated in the scripture. Does God hate? I, that's probably the difference. But we're talking about attributes of God, and he hates. But I would say you wouldn't say God is hate because I'd say primarily because of what you were hitting on. It's a secondary characteristic, and it's, it comes about because of why. Why does God have to hate, you would say? Because he's sovereign. Well, yeah, but why does he have to hate?
1: And
0: he's, he's jealous. jealous. <laughs> he's jealous. Because, keep going. <laughs> he has to hate. Does he, if everything's perfect, does he have to hate? If things aren't perfect, <laughs> so there's corruption. And he, so it's a secondary characteristic, so so is his wrath, that has to do with the fall of mankind. So I would say, no, he doesn't, we don't say God is hate.
1: Because the Bible does say that he hates because he hated and Right. It does that. Right. doesn't say that he is hate.
0: Correct. Yep. And, it, and, It, well, we'll get into it. So God, God is love and God hates. Why does God hate? See, I I had to, okay, why does God hate? God's attribute of hate is an absolute necessity in the face of wickedness found in creation. God's love and goodness could not exist in fallen creation if his hatred and wrath toward wickedness and evil did not exist. His love and hatred are necessary opposite sides of the same coin. You can't have one without the other. For instance, God loves his people. Therefore, he by this same nature must hate wicked people who oppress his loved ones. He loves, so he must hate. Okay, so... Hatred is necessary because it's part of love. Okay, the hatred's directed in a different direction, but it is part of the one same act. So he loves by hating. He loves his people by hating the wicked. God's <laughs> hatred for the wicked—it's amazing how it just like keeps going right to the, the next thing. That's what happens when you're systematically unpacking something. All right.
1: And you shall not walk in the customs of the nations that I am driving out before you. For they did all these things, and therefore I detested them. For all who do such things, all who act dishonestly, are an abomination to the Lord your God. The boastful shall not stand before your eyes. You hate all evildoers. you
0: hate you hate all evildoers. I mean, the, I guess the thing I want you to take in, and you're going to see lots more of this here in the scripture, is God h- actively hates. That's what I mean about characteristics. It's seemingly, you know, we don't want to say that. We, we want to put a, a, another picture on God. He's not a hater.
1: The Lord tests the righteous but his soul hates the wicked and the one who loves violence. There are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him. Haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that devises wicked plans, feet that make haste to run to evil, a false witness who breathes out lies, and one who sows discord among brothers.
0: So just very clear, there's there's things the Lord hates. In this category, he he raises up these things to the level of abomination to him. Uh, As an example, if we pick the last one, the the one who sows discord among brothers. Okay, so how does that apply? Well, we're to hate, right, the things that God hates. And so, let's say in a church, there's somebody sowing discord among brothers. First of all, recognizing God hates that. And so we don't want to fall into that category. We may have a problem with a brother and should deal with it. A brother may sin against us. There may be rights and wrongs and those things. And we deal with it um, in a loving way. But there are those who sow discord among brothers. And they, he hates those people. And he, they are an abomination to him. It should be a pretty scary thing when you're coming up against the wrath of God and you're a sower of discord, so watch it. Now, we all, we'll all all sin and say something we shouldn't say. We gotta repent, that's the, the point. But uh, there are those among the brothers who actively sow discord day and night, long-term, they want to destroy. And each of these is one. I'm just picking one as an example um, for us.
1: Those of crooked heart and abomination to the Lord, but those of blameless ways are His delight.
0: So we have the abomination and those who are His delight.
1: Everyone who is arrogant in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Be assured, He will not go unpunished. He who justifies the wicked and he who condemns the righteous are both alike an abomination to the Lord.
0: Another one that I think is a helpful one, uh, when people are accusing the righteous, it's, it's a very normal thing to do. You're trying to justify some wickedness, so you accuse the person who's actually right. I mean, that happens just all the time. <laughs> so the person who's right comes and points out some sin, and then there's a the wicked person over here, you know, and inside us, we say, well, this person's pointing out sin, and they're actually right. Well, they're doing it in the wrong way. You know, They didn't do it lovingly. They didn't, well, okay, there is that. But you've got the right. And what you're really doing is trying to get the person off the hook who's the wicked. So it just gets flipped around, happens all the time. We do it ourselves to justify wickedness. You condemn those who are right, the person who calls you out in something.
1: My heritage has become to me like a lion in the forest. She has lifted up her voice against me, therefore I hate her.
0: (laughs) This is my heritage. So this is his people. This isn't out in the world. This is his people. And they've, you know, shook their fists at him. He says, therefore, I hate her.
1: Every evil of theirs is in Gilgal. There I begin to hate them. Because of the wickedness of their deeds, I will drive them out of my house. I will love them no more. All their princes are rebels.
0: And I'll say he does both at the same time. I, I say these are part of the same act of love. The hate or the wrath poured out on them at that point is to drive them back so he's loving them by not letting him get away with it so yes love and hate right there even for his people <laughs> at the same moment
1: do not devise evil in your hearts against one another and love no false oath for all these things i hate declares the lord Yet, this you have, you hate the works of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate.
0: And here, this is really a, a commendation. You have this. You hate the works of the Nicolo, Nicolaitans, Nicolaitans. You hate them. In other words, it's good that you are hating like I hate. And we should be. Okay, <laughs> encouragement, you know. We should be hating. The things God hates, we don't want to say that. We're in a church. Now we should be hating when someone is stirring up trouble, and then we should love them and call them out in it, and and love them, and hope, hoping for repentance. All those things, but we should be hating, and they're getting basically congratulated. You know, I'll give you this: you hate what I hate. It starts, uh... Oh, yeah. Yeah, you're getting ahead of me. Probably, probably comes next. I don't remember. <laughs> All right, God loves and... Maybe not next, but it comes. <laughs> God loves and hates at the same time.
1: We <laughs> were once hated by God, even as he chose to love us. We were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind.
0: So, we're under his hatred. We are children of wrath. <laughs> and... We were once hated by God, there it is, even as He loved us. So these things are, are hand in hand, and He's hating and loving at the same time. He's got loving plans for us, but we are under His wrath. And he's gonna use that wrath to bring us to His love.
1: Even as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and blameless before Him in love.
0: So we have that wrath, but even though he chose us, when? Huh? Yeah, before, yeah, right, a long time ago. So he loved us, and then we're born, and we're under his wrath, but he loved us before. See, these are mixed together. That's the, that's the, uh, the two-sided coin.
1: For while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his son
0: fragmented sentence. I'm not trying to write English here. Just trying to make a point. (laughs) While we were enemies, we were loved. (laughs) While we were enemies, we were loved. We were reconciled.
1: As it is written, Jacob I loved, but Esau I hated.
0: All right. Here we go, Marty. You were close when you were jumping ahead of me. We must hate our own lives if we're to follow Jesus so uh, Marty's right it starts in here we're to hate even our own lives
1: whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me and whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me if anyone comes to me and does not hate his own father and mother and wife and children and brothers and sisters yes and even his own life he cannot be my disciple
0: so it is true of you that you must love and hate at the same moment because you must hate even your own life if you're going to love me, to be my disciple. If you're going to love me, you must hate your own life. So that's like a starting point. It's like you got to get to a point where you, and I'll tell you, I, you know, <laughs> the older you get, the I think the easy, well, if you're a Christian, the easier it is to, to hate your own life. It's harder when you're younger. There's so much whirling around out there and you kind of want it and you, but, Boy, once you've been around for a little while, everything is so wicked and against you all the time. It becomes easier, but you do sit there going, I got to, you know, I hate, I, I want to go to be with God. <laughs> I do not, I, the things that I would have been attracted to when I was younger become easier to hate because you see they aren't worth anything. And it's wicked and trouble.
1: Whoever loves his life loses it and whoever hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life.
0: So the big requirement, to become a Christian, you must... Christ uh, died for your sins. You must die to yourself. You must lose your life to gain eternal life.
1: And Jesus, looking at him, loved him, and said to him, You lack one thing. Go, sell all that you have and give to the poor you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. Disheartened by the saying, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions.
0: So the rich man goes away sorrowful. Why did he go away sorrowful? Huh? He had great possessions. possessions, So what did he love? His His possessions. He loved his possessions. He loved what this world would offer to him more than Christ. Christ didn't tell everybody give up all possessions at all point he's putting his finger on here's where this guy's love is and when you give it up because you have to hate your you have to you have to hate these things to follow me doesn't mean you won't have any possession in life but you have to hate these things and cast them away will, will there be hatred in heaven after the final judgment you can answer that one no? Someone said no. Okay. We have a no. Well, so based on what you said before, <laughs> hatred exists because of a corrupt world. After of will be a corrupt world. I think that's the correct answer. Now we can get into someone making an argument about, well, well there's hell. and there's But I think that is the correct answer. I think scripture even speaks well, to be, that.
1: And somehow that won't change that attribute of God. We consider hatred to be an attribute of God. <laughs> will change.
0: But it doesn't change. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So will there be hatred? I I guess I'm too asking that question more in our respect not in infinite counsels of how he's doing things. But as far as we're concerned, it won't be necessary since there will be no evil or wickedness any longer among God's people. Well, I guess that's it. <laughs> I thought I had something else. All right, so there you go. Um, wrath is directly from God. Uh, this is just, I'm unpacking this attribute. So, like here, there's no transition. Just boom, wrath is from God. That's the transition. And I say this because we have to understand it's not from something else. Now, he may bring it about through things, but it's from God's finger, it's from God's hand, it's his plan. And again, I say this because we should be, as we get these texts, we should be scared of it. It's not just, oh, we're Christian, everything's okay. We should be scared of fiery jealousy when we are going other ways. Wrath is from God.
1: (laughs) All right. While the meat was yet between their teeth, before it was consumed, the anger of the Lord was kindled against the people, and the Lord struck down the people with a very great plague. Go, inquire of the Lord for me and for the people and for all Judah concerning the words of this book that has been found. For great is the wrath of the Lord that is kindled against us because our fathers have not obeyed the words of this book to do according to all that is written concerning us.
0: So we didn't follow the word of God. Wow, great is the wrath kindled against us.
1: Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God remains on him.
0: So, just pointing out, it remains on him. He already has it. Whoever doesn't obey, who doesn't ever trust in Christ, the wrath remains on him. wrath's already there. It's not wrath because he didn't believe. The wrath's already there. There's no way to remove the wrath without Christ.
1: For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who by their unrighteousness suppress the truth. Let no one deceive you with empty words, for because of these things the wrath of God comes upon the sons of disobedience.
0: Don't let people deceive you. Oh, it doesn't matter. God lets everybody into heaven. They're a nice person. Empty words. Don't be deceived. The wrath of God is on everybody. without Christ
1: as I swore in my wrath they shall not enter my rest
0: they shall not enter my my
1: rest he also will drink the wine of God's wrath poured full strength into the cup of his anger and he will be tormented with fire and sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and in the presence of the Lamb
0: so this is Satan he will be what will happen to him uh, just point out the Lamb nice gentle lamb who will be pouring out the wrath
1: <laughs> so the angel swung his sickle across the earth and gathered the great harvest of the earth and threw it into the great wine press of the wrath of god
0: i mean that when you're in revelation and you're reading things of this in the blood i mean the wine press of god's wrath on mankind
1: from his mouth comes a sharp sword with which to strike down the nations and he will rule them with a rod of iron he will tread the winepress of the fury of the wrath of God the almighty
0: okay so again who who has a sh- sharp sword coming out of their mouth who is that it's Jesus the one who has salvation we talked in prayer week about how salvation and judgment are right there together the one who has salvation is also the judge he is the one who's going to be bringing in it will be because it's the rejection of him it's the rejection of the only way out
1: then i saw another sign in heaven great and amazing seven angels with seven plagues which are the last for with them the wrath of god is finished
0: <laughs> for those who want to argue which i would <laughs> that the wrath of god finishes here it is it's in re- relation to us I'm in heaven. I'm not going to, again, like I say, play it out in other areas, but it's done. It actually ends. <laughs> it's finished. Okay, God's wrath includes giving men over to their own sins. So, finger God is on you, but one of the ways, not all the ways, one of the ways is by giving men over to their own sin. So he's going to judge you. He's going to bring his wrath about by letting you partake of that sin that you are involved in.
1: Therefore, God gave them up in the lusts of their hearts to impurity, to the dishonoring of their bodies among themselves. For this reason, God gave them up to dishonorable passions. For their women exchanged natural relations for those that are contrary to nature. And since they did not see fit to acknowledge God... God gave them up to a debased mind to do what ought not to be done.
0: So this is part of that progression we find in Romans. Because they didn't do these things, he gives them up to their debased mind, and it gets worse and worse and worse. And we got four minutes and a lot of slides to cover. God is absolutely terrifying.
1: But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire, and like a fuller's soap.
0: Fire purifying.
1: And I said, Woe is me, for I am lost, for I am a man of unclean lips, and I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips. For my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts.
0: Anyone coming before God who is fire, are you're
1: undone. Calling to the mountains and rocks. Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who is seated on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come, and who can stand?
0: These are people who still won't repent. They're just saying, crush us with the rocks. Because
1: the face of him.
0: And we're going to get to the holiness of God next week. God's pure holy fire.
1: For our God is a consuming fire. Now the appearance of the glory of the Lord was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel.
0: I mean, do you see this? Devouring fire? It's just so much of this is that.
1: And fire came out from before the Lord and consumed them, and they died before the Lord. For the Lord your God is a consuming fire, a jealous God. Fire goes before him and burns up his adversaries all around. The sinners in Zion are afraid. Trembling has seized the godless. Who among us can dwell with the consuming fire? Who among us can dwell with everlasting burnings?
0: Can you? If you know, don't know Christ, you really think you're going to
1: dwell. In flaming fire, inflicting vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of our Lord Jesus.
0: So the good news, (laughs) there's the other side of it, (laughs) in flaming fire. You got the good news of salvation or you got the flaming fire? God defers his wrath for the sake of love.
1: The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. And red your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and he relents over disaster
0: all right we're gonna skip to here now you know this
1: for his anger is but for a moment and his favor is for a lifetime weeping may tarry for the night but joy comes with the morning
0: and we'll we'll end with this because we are out of time fearsome bearable eternal punishment for those who don't turn to God
1: and cast the worthless servant into the outer darkness? In that place there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. And these will go away into eternal punishment, but the righteous into eternal life, where their worm does not die and the fire is not quenched.
0: So, the wrath of God. This this is the end for those who are not found in Christ. Yeah, pray. Thank you for listening to Truth In Life. If you enjoy this series, make sure to subscribe. And remember, this is Truth To Live By.